Morning Cathedral of Faith. In this life, we may face many trials from the enemy, but the Holy Spirit keeps us strong. In Christ is our identity. Don't know what lies ahead of us, what lies will seek to end us, but we'll place our worries at the feet of Jesus. In Christ is our identity. Whatever you may be facing, your heart and mind is racing, but God has given you a new day. We're moving on to greater things. Galatians chapter 6, verse 9. Let us not grow weary of doing what is good, for one day we will reap a great harvest, greater peace, greater joy, greater life, greater promise if we do not give up. Here's to not giving up cathedral. Let's all stand together and celebrate our new identity in Jesus Christ. Come on. Good morning, everybody. Come on, put your hands together. Woo! If you're great to be alive, if you're grateful to be alive in the building, somebody just shout, hallelujah! Woo!
somebody, come on. Somebody praise with everything that has breath. Praise the Lord. Put your hands together. And fall like lightning. I saw darkness run for cover. But the miracle that I just can't get over, my name is registered in heaven. Yes, come on, sing it with us. I believe in signs and wonders. I have resurrection power. Hey. But still the miracle that I just can't get over My name is registered in heaven yes. And my praise belongs to you forever Come on everybody, say This is my testimony From death to life His grace rewrote my story I'll testify By Jesus Christ the righteous I'm justified Testimony day, come on. Hey. Come together, sons and daughters. Sing it, come on. Bought with blood and washed in water. Hey. We sing the praises of the Spirit, Son and Father. Our God will finish what He started. You best believe it. Come on, y'all. Our God will finish what He started. Testimony from death to life, cause grace rewrote my story, and I'll testify by Jesus Christ the righteous. I'm justified. This is my testimony. This is my testimony. So I give you over your life if I'm not dead you're not done I believe it God the greater things are still to come those who are watching online come on I'm not dead you're not done say it over your life greater things come on greater things are still to come oh I believe come on if I'm not dead story and I'm so grateful yes oh by Jesus Christ the righteous I'm justified this is my testimony oh I'm alive this is my testimony from dead to die this grace rewrote my story and I'm
Amen. Hello, Cathedral of Faith. God is good. And all the time. I'm so glad that you're with us. Whether you're here on site, in the building, outside, in the parking lot, those watching online, thank you so much for joining with us. We're getting ready to go to the waters of baptism. What a special moment this is. Jesus said, I want you to go and make disciples and baptize them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And so that's what the disciples started to do. And out of that baptismal formula grew the Apostles' Creed. And this is what we affirm, we believe, as we go to the waters of baptism. And I invite you to read it with me. Let's declare our statement of faith today. Everybody, I believe in God, the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit and born of the Virgin Mary. He suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended to hell. But the third day he rose again from the dead. Can somebody say hallelujah? He ascended to heaven and is seated at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From there he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the holy Christian church, the communion of the saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and life everlasting. Amen and amen and amen. This is what we believe. Hi, Misty. Have you put your faith and trust in Jesus? You've surrendered your life to him. Upon that confession of faith in Jesus as your Lord and Savior, we now baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, Jesus Christ, and the Holy Spirit, down with the old and up with the new. Hallelujah! Oh, congratulations, Misty. We've got one more. And make sure I pronounce this right. Is it Izel? Oh, hello, Izel. How old are you? 17. What a great time to start serving God. Amen. I'll tell you, the earlier, the better. When I was 17, you know, I had made a commitment to follow Jesus. And I got to tell you, God's got a good dream for your life. Izel, you hold on to it, okay? You put your faith and trust in Jesus. You love him with all your heart. You've surrendered your life to him. Upon that confession of faith, we now baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, Jesus Christ, and the Holy Spirit. Down with the old and up with the new. Hallelujah. All right. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the family. Let's hear it one more time for our baptismal candidates today. Yeah. How fun. Well, as you're being seated, turn to someone and say, I'm sure glad you're here today. Welcome to our family gathering here at Cathedral of Faith today. 
you may not realize this, but we have gatherings all over the Bay Area and around the world every weekend. There's a gathering here this afternoon at 2 o'clock. There'll be a gathering of our Spanish Catedral de Fe here in the sanctuary. There's a gathering right now going on in Morgan Hill and one in Milpitas, one in Gilroy. In fact, this weekend is Gilroy's seventh anniversary. Let's hear it for Gilroy. Pastor Kent has been faithfully leading down there for seven years and what a great work they're having. In fact, they've launched a Spanish campus there that meets Friday nights and there's one Thursday nights in Milpitas. We're just growing and expanding all over the place thanks to God's favor, amen? Well, as part of the body of Christ, the scripture says, we rejoice with those who rejoice, but we weep with those who weep. And coming up in just... This next weekend, we're joined together with our brother Yins to celebrate the life of Veronica Anderson. She's been part of our church family for many years, and we're so grateful for her faithful way in which she served, and we're going to be celebrating, honoring her life this coming weekend. So we hope you'll join us on Saturday uh, as we honor her life and celebrate what God's done in and through her and through our brother Yins. Thank you, Yins, for your faithfulness. Amen. Let's give thanks to God for his goodness to us. Well, this week you received when you came in a Connect, Grow, Serve brochure. If you'll take this out, if you don't have one, the ushers are bringing them down the aisle. Rather than printing out hundreds of pages, we have this QR code that you can see down here or you go to our church website. There are many, many ways in which you can connect and grow and serve. You know, one of the things we missed most during COVID was just the chance to gather. And while this is a wonderful time each week to worship the Lord together, a wonderful time for us to, to be together and hear the word of the Lord, gathering together in smaller groups connects us with people, helps us to grow, and helps us to serve. And so if you go on there, you'll see that there are so many options. On Sunday mornings, we have a class called Becoming the One. It's for people who say, hey, I'm looking to become all God wants me to be. It's a great class that starts next week. We also have Introduction to Prophetic Ministry. If you'd like to be used in the gifts of the Holy Spirit and ask him to help you to grow in that, it'd be a great opportunity for you to come out to that class. There's another class that's called Centerpiece. Where is Pastor Ramel and Aurora? They're gonna be teaching this class for couples. If you're married or about to get married or you wanna get married, it'd be a great chance to come together for fellowship with other couples on Sunday mornings. And then also, we have a class on the book of Ephesians. Frank Vega is an amazing Bible teacher. You can come out and learn and grow and be part of that class. There's just so many ways to grow, connect, and serve. We have a Wednesday night service here that's a powerful time as Pastor Mike comes to minister. We have Spanish services through the week. We have classes for youth and children on Sundays and Wednesdays. There's special Bible clubs. There's so many things going on that you could be part of, and I encourage you to check it out. We have breakfast every month for men. We have women's ministry and men's ministry. We have all kinds of options. There are so many of them. So on this sheet, if you'll go to the QR code, you'll be able to find them. There's also ways to serve as ushers, as greeters. You know, this service is actually being translated into Spanish. Thank you, Nico and Laura and their team for doing that. Maybe you want to be part of a translation team. There are so many ways that you can connect and grow and serve. We encourage you to find one. 
Because as wonderful it is to be together here as a family, it's important to build relationships, to know people's names. In fact, I might ask you, how many names can you name in this room? And if you can't name more than two or three, I would encourage you find a group to connect with so that you can know and be known. As you know, we're in a series this week that Pastor Ken's going to be speaking about real ID, knowing who we are. And this coming Saturday afternoon to kick off this series is a true identity workshop. It's an opportunity from 2.30 to 5.30 to come out, work through, understand who you are. You'll come out with a personal mission statement. It's a great way to discover your identity. You can go to Eventbrite and look up True Identity Workshop. We'd love to have you join us. This is also a moment which we're reminded of the incredible blessing that it is to give to God's work, but also the blessing that our nation gives us to get tax deduction for what we do in this moment. You can give online, you can go to our app, you can text a number on the screen. The ushers have envelopes that you can fill out and put it in. You can write out a check and mail it to us at Drop or Buy. There are so many ways that you can be part of what God's doing in this season. God is good. And all the time, God is good. Well, I'm going to invite you to stand with me as we prepare our hearts for the word of the Lord as Pastor Ken comes. There's a powerful song that the worship team is going to lead us in about who we are, that the highest king would love us and care for us. Let's enter in and worship together as they come to lead us. But he brought me in Oh, his love for me Oh, his love for me Who the sun sets free Oh, is free I'm a child of God Yes, I am Free at last he ransom oh his grace was free while i was a slave to sin jesus died for
before he knew you, he formed you and crafted you in your mother's womb. And today we are going to remember not only who we are in Christ, but whose we are, because that changes everything. Let's declare it. I am chosen, not forsaken. I am a... Come on, if you believe it, declare it. You are says I am. Say that with me. I am who God says I am. Father, thank you so much for this moment in time. Thank you for all these wonderful folks at Cathedral, those who are on site, those who are online. Thank you for guests who are visiting with us today. God, I pray that we would take that truth that we are who you say we are and that our mind and our heart and our body would come in alignment with your truth. Holy Spirit, we surrender these next few moments to you. Do what only you can do. Help us to hear the one thing we need to hear, that we can take it, own it, apply it. And this week will be different because we met you in this place. Start with me. In Jesus' name, for Jesus' glory, and all God's people said, amen. Let's give God praise one more time. Amen. Hallelujah. Wow, it's great to see everybody. Before you're seated, look at somebody and tell them, God is for you. Go ahead. God is for you. in a series called Real ID, Do You Know Who You Are? Looking at the subject of identity. So imagine with me that 
you were listening to an interview with one of the greatest coaches of all time. And he said, if you want to know about coaching, I'm going to sum it up in these two words. Or imagine that you were listening to an interview with one of the greatest filmmakers of all time. And he said, I'm going to sum up the topic of filmmaking with these two words. Or imagine that you were listening to an interview with the greatest singer of all time. Rolling Stone magazine came out with their top 100 singers of all time recently, and they said that number one was Aretha Franklin. I can say amen to that. So say you were listening to Aretha Franklin in an interview, and she said, if you want to know all about singing, I'll sum it up this way. I'll say a little prayer for you. I'm sorry. I'll sum it up with these two words. There was a famous philosopher, one of the greatest philosophers in human history. His name was Socrates. And he once said, if you want to know all about philosophy, all of the philosophical commands can be summed up in these two words. Know thyself. Know thyself. That's how important it is to have a sense of who we are. To have a sense of our identity. Know thyself. It's especially relevant for us because it seems to me that Well, my guess is that each one of us in one way or another, at one time or another, have gone through our own version of an identity crisis. I saw this penguin who was going through an identity crisis. He's meeting with his therapist, and this is what he says. He said, I'm a male, yet I hatch the eggs. I'm a bird, yet I don't fly. I swim like a fish. Despite my appearance, my life is anything but black and white. (laughs) He's confused. Identity confusion right now in our culture. We're in the midst of what I would call identity confusion. And it seems to me that part of the reason we are so confused is we've turned away to God from God and we've turned to ourselves for answers concerning our identity. So for example, you know, my real ID, it's up to me. The place to start is in my heart. The only thing that's real is what I feel. I'm a pastor, but I should have been a rapper. (laughs) All right, let's stop it right there. But you get the idea. Once you turn away from God and you turn to yourself trying to find out answers, I got to tell you, I don't trust myself for something as important as my identity. In Jeremiah chapter 17, we read this. The heart is fooled more than anything else and is very sinful. Who can know how bad it is? The heart is fooled more than anything else. And that's why if I start with myself concerning my identity, 
It would be a little bit like this pair of shoes that I have right here. I got some new shoes for Christmas. Dr. Wayne got me these shoes. Can we give it up for Dr. Wayne? What a great friend he is. They're awesome shoes. But let's say these shoes became self-aware. And then they were trying to figure out, well, what, who are we and what are we supposed to do? Well, they could look at themselves and come up with all kinds of conclusions that they were made to kill spiders. Or that they were made as a chew toy for the dog. Or that they were made to throw through the television set when your favorite team, the Raiders, loses another close game. That still gives me PTSD up there. They could come up with all kinds of conclusions on their own. But if you want to get the real story, you got to look beyond the shoe to the shoemaker. And if you want to get the real story of who we're created to be and what we're created to do, the place to start is with the God who made us and the God who loves us. Don't turn away from God. Turn toward God. Have him be the starting point on your journey. In Ephesians 1, listen to this scripture about our identity. It says, it's in Christ that we find out who we are and what we're living for. Long before we first heard of Christ and got our hopes up, he had his eye on us, had designs on us for glorious living. Part of the overall purpose he is working out in everything and everyone. It's in Christ that we find out who we are. Can we give him praise? He's the answer that we're looking for. He really is. And so what does God say about us? Well, for our topic today, we go all the way back to the beginning. In the first chapter of Genesis, we begin reading in Genesis chapter 1. Follow along with me as I read. Then God said, let us. Let's pause a moment. Because leading up to this in Genesis 1, whenever God would create, he would say, let there be, let there be, let there be, and there was. But now he says, let us. The language shifts. Something unique is about to happen. You better pay attention. Let us make mankind in our image and in our likeness. And that right there is what makes human beings unique. I love looking at the stars. And when you look at the stars, they are amazing. I love looking at wildlife. I've had the chance to see lions in their habitat. And I got to tell you, it is majestic. But the stars and the wildlife, they're not made in the image of God. They reflect the glory of God, but they are not made in the image of God. Only you are made in the image of God and in the likeness of God. It's a very special thing to be a human being. If that's the only thing you take away from today, let that begin to own you. Bring 
into alignment what goes on in your head, in your heart, and in your body, that I have been made in the image and the likeness of God. Get your shoulders back. Get your head held high. You are made in the image and likeness of God. And what a wonderful, wonderful thing that is. You stand out among all God's creation. Well, we continue reading. So that they may rule over the fish of the sea and the birds in the sky, over the livestock and all the wild animals, and over all the creatures that move along the ground. So God created mankind in his own image. The image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. Now, Facebook says that there are over 50 different genders. This book says there are two. Uh-oh. And so, as followers of Jesus, you have to decide which book is going to be your guide. In a very confused culture, how can we sensitively, compassionately hold on to grace and truth? And this book has stood the test of time. Can we give God praise for his word? This is the script that guides our path. Now we continue. Then God blessed them and said to them, be fruitful and increase in number. Fill the earth and subdue it. God saw all that he was made, all that was made, and it was very good. Say that with me. Very good. Amen. Very good. Very good. He looked at you and said, very good. That's amazing to think about. Up until now in Genesis 1, God would make something and he would say, it is good. It is good. It is good. He looked at all his creation and said, well, to borrow it from Pastor Shelley, my friend, it's all good. But when he creates human beings, the language changes. He says, this, you are very good. Do you know who you are? You're an image bearer of God. And that's a very special thing. Well, it's like God as a movie maker. He saves the last scene, well, for the end of the film, the best scene for the end of the film. Or as a musician, he saves the best song for the end of the concert. Or like a cook who saves the best plate for the end of the meal. God in his creation is creating, creating, creating. And then he comes to human beings and he looks at you and he says, you right there, this is very good. It's a beautiful thing to be made in the image of God. I know who I am. Say that with me. I know who I am because I am who God says I am. I am who God says I am. In Psalm 8, we find something else concerning the description of who we are. It says, you have made mankind a little lower than the heavenly beings. Now, I want to think about this for a moment because in our culture, most of the time, our point of reference is we're made a little higher than the animals. Do you remember this Super Bowl commercial? There's all these monkeys in this office, and there's a guy in the office. Watch the screens and, and see if you remember this one. 
Guys, guys. Just thought you might want to know. Uh, sales aren't up. They're uh, they're down. Yes, sir. <laughs> you know, the message we get from a Western secular culture is this. You're just a little higher than the animals. Then in fact, you've come from animals, you live like animals, you die like animals. And so that's all you really are. All you really are is another beast. The London Zoo once did this exhibit, but instead of putting animals in the exhibit, they put human beings in the exhibit. And they had a, a sign in front that said, you know, warning, humans in their natural habitat. But one of the directors of the exhibit said the reason they did this exhibit was to show how human beings are not that different than animals. In fact, this is the quote. Seeing people in a different environment among other animals teaches members of the public that the human is just another primate. In other words, the message is, you are not really that different from all the other animals. All you are is a beast. And yet here is the pickle that the Western secular culture finds itself in. On the one hand, they say, you are nothing more than the product of random chance. You are nothing more than a blob of matter. You are nothing more than a beast. And then on the other hand, they say what you need in life is great self-esteem. What's the most important thing for you to have is awesome self-esteem. The key to you living life to the fullest is self-esteem. A random blob of matter on this hand and high self-esteem on the other? Can you see the conundrum they're in? And you wonder why we're so confused in our culture. Have you ever looked like Kevin Hart? <laughs> you see, the Bible uses a different reference point. And there's more consistency in this. The Bible says, instead of being a little higher than the animals, we're just a little lower than heavenly beings. In Psalm 8, we read this. It says, you have made them a little lower than the angels and crowned them with glory and honor. You have made them rulers over the works of your hands. You have put everything under their feet. The Bible's talking about human beings who are made in the image of God instead of beasts were bears, bears of that image. And it's a special thing to be made in the image of God. C.S. Lewis, my favorite writer, he said this. He said, there are no ordinary people. You have never talked to a mere mortal. Look at the person next to you, just for a moment. They're not ordinary. The husband's saying, I knew that already, Pastor Ken. There's something unique and special about being made in the image of God. Now, there are certain things about God. What does that mean, Ken? There are certain things about God that, well, those things are true of only God alone. 
I mean, God knows everything, and that's not true of us. God can do anything, and that's not true of us. God can be everywhere at once, and that's not true of us. We may want to be, but we can't. I heard about one school cafeteria. It was a Christian elementary school. And the kids came in there for lunch, and on, uh, there was a pile of apples on one side of the table. And there was a sign in front that a teacher had made, and it said, take only one apple, please. God is watching. Well, one of the kids had made a sign because on the other side of the table, there were a pile of cookies. And the sign from the kids said, take all the cookies you want because God is watching the apples. <laughs> God can watch the apples and the cookies at the same time. But there's other things that are true about God that God has put into us because he wants us to reflect his likeness and his image. What are some of those things? For example, we have the capacity for reason and rationality. I can think, say that with me, I can think. We have the capacity for free will and moral action. I can choose, say that with me, I can choose. We have the capacity for imagination and creativity. I can make, say that with me, I can make. We have the capacity to have relationship with each other and relationship with God. I can love, say that with me, I can love. And this idea of having a relationship with God, talk about something that is absolutely off the charts. Back in Genesis 1.26, we read again, let us make mankind in our image, us and our. It's our first clue that God is a plurality, that within God, there's a relationship. The Father, God the Father, God the Son, God the Spirit. This is known as the Trinity. The Trinity is a great mystery. One God who exists in three persons. And yet, if God is eternal, and God is, and if God is love, and God is, then for eternity, God had to have somebody to love. And so we have this eternal, loving relationship between Father, Son, and Spirit. That's a mind bender. I can't understand it, but I'm invited to participate in it. And what God does is he invites me, he makes me in his image and likeness and invites me into that relationship with him. And that's one of the things that makes us different from everything else on the planet. How many dog people do we have in the audience? Can I see? Yeah, yeah, awesome. Found my people. So I'm a dog person, but my wife is really a dog person. She's the one who's a dog person. And when we went to get our, our most recent dog, you know, I, we got the dog for her. I was getting the dog for her. But apparently, when you get a dog, the dog has a say in the matter. And so the dog has gotten attached to me. 
instead of my wife. God has a sense of humor. And so, and make no mistake, you know, every morning I get up when it's dark and when it's cold, I get up and take the beast for a walk. And make no mistake, he is a beast. He's about 185 pounds. And I gotta be honest with you, to take him for a walk at six in the morning when it's 36 degrees, what a pain! But I decided if I'm gonna be a good husband, I might as well take this pain and make it productive. And so I have turned our walk, amen? Might as well. I can whine about it or I can change my attitude about it. And so what I did is I turned that walk into a time of worship. And I listened to scripture and I listened to music and I listened to devotions that turned my heart toward God. And it's amazing, changes the whole dynamic. But here's the thing about my dog, Angus. I've invited Angus to join with me. I said, Angus, join with me on this search for God. But Angus declines. The only thing he's searching for is the next place to sniff. Hello! You know what I'm talking about. That's the difference between me and my dog. We have the capacity for the relationship with God. That's what it means to be made in his image and likeness. What a beautiful thing that is. Martin Luther King Jr., he said this. He said, the whole concept of the imago Dei, as it is expressed in Latin, the image of God, is the idea that all men have something within them that God injected, that every man has a capacity to have fellowship with God. It's an amazing thing. Yeah, let's give God praise for what he's given to us. I'm an image bearer. I am who God says I am. Say that with me. I am who God says I am. God, help our minds and our hearts and our bodies be aligned with that truth. We're image bearers of God. It's a gift. And yet we all know how sin has entered the picture. And because of sin, we can act like beasts. We can treat each other like beasts. In James chapter three, we read this. With our tongues, we bless God our Father. With the same tongues, we curse the very men and women he made in his image. In his image. In our brokenness, we can act like beasts and we can treat each other like beasts, but at our core, listen, at our core, there is still beauty. There is still intrinsic worth because even in our brokenness, we retain his image. One of the best ways that I thought of to illustrate this, I tried to come up with a different way, but I have this $10 bill and I'm gonna illustrate it this way. I tried to come up with a different way because every time I illustrate it this way, it costs me money. <laughs> but since I couldn't come up with a different way, oh well, right? So this $10 bill, one of the reasons you know how much it's worth and its value is whose picture's on it. They put this picture on $10 bills. But I'd like to give this $10 bill away. Dave, 
I want to give this $10 bill to you. And would you like it? Sure, okay. It's not a trick question, Dave. It's all good, man. So, all right, I'm going to crumple it up, though. All right? Would you still like the $10 bill? Okay. I'm going to step on it. All right, Dave. You sure you'll still want this $10 bill? Absolutely. Why does he still want it? Because it's still worth 10 bucks. And friend, let me tell you today, life can be hard. It can beat you up and beat you down and leave you crumpled and stomped on, but never, never, never forget that your life still has value. Your life still has worth because the image of God has been stamped upon your life. Amen. Amen. Boy, God's really bringing that home to someone even now as you look back over your past and the rejection and the abandonment, the brokenness, the failure. God wants you to know no matter how much you've been crumpled up, you still bear the image of God in your life. You really do. This truth is what gives every human being worth. It's where the concept, it's, I'm sorry, it gives every human being worth because every human being is stamped with the image of God. This is why, well, there's intrinsic worth in us, intrinsic dignity from the womb to the tomb, from the womb to the tomb. That means that human beings have been made in the image of God, and that is where, well, every person you look at, every person that you work next to in your department at work, Every person that you sit next to at school, every person that waits on you at the restaurant, they are all made in the image of God. Every person that looks different than me, every person that, well, thinks different than me, every person that votes different than me, uh-oh, every person that roots different than me. Yes, even 49er fans are made in the image of God. I thought you might be in the house today. Every person who is stuck on the margins in poverty is made in God's image. There was a University of California study that was done and here's what they discovered in this one study. They found that people who believed that human beings were created in the image of God were way more humanitarian than people who didn't. And when this was published in The New Scientist, uh, this is what the publisher said. He said, if this preliminary result is upheld by further research, it will come as an unwelcome shock to scientific materialists. These are people who believe that you're nothing but the product of random chance. And if all we are is just blobs of worthless matter, see, if you really believe, if you really believe 
that all we are is beasts, and there's no such thing as human dignity. There's no such thing as human rights. If all we are is beasts, then it's the law of the jungle, survival of the fittest. The only ethic is might makes right. But you, as followers of Jesus, we believe. We believe that human beings have dignity and worth. We believe human beings should have human rights because they're made in the image and likeness of God. And that's the firm foundation for the way that we treat people. Hallelujah. I'm getting a big fired up, sorry. Oh, this is where our, this is where our affordable housing project really came out of. We had this affordable housing project. Well, we dreamed of it back in the year 2000. But uh, that dream was dead and buried. You can ask my brother. That thing was gone. But whenever there's been a death and burial, watch out because you never know. Resurrection may be around the corner. And that's what happened with that dream. In 2020, of all places, God brings that dream back to life. And I have good news for Cathedral of Faith today that we just got final approval from the city to go ahead with our affordable housing project. It's been a long journey. Praise God. Hallelujah. It's going to be almost 240 units that will have space for families, space for seniors, and then a space for those who are on the margins like disabled adults. And the roots of this vision are all the way back in Genesis chapter one. Because the cathedral, when we look around us at the people in our city, we don't see burdens. We see people who bear the image of God. And we wanna do everything we can to create a beautiful space and a safe place to live where they have the chance to thrive and to flourish. A little bit more of heaven right here on earth. Can we give God praise, amen? Because they matter to God. As we wrap things up, I want you to read with me Psalm 139. I want you to read it, own it, declare it. This is what David is saying to God, but let these become your words today. Would you say it with me? You alone created my inner being. You knitted me together inside my mother. I will give thanks to you because I have been so amazingly and miraculously made. Your works are miraculous and my soul is fully aware of this. This is the truth about who you are. I want to show you a rap. I was going to do a rap, but a man's got to know his limitations. <laughs> I want to show you a rap. Maybe it's more of a spoken word. If, if you looked at Pastor Vaughn today, you'd never know that there was a season in his life where he went through what you could call an identity crisis. He felt like a misfit. But God can take a misfit and turn you into a hisfit. And that's what happened to Vaughn. Listen to him tell his story.
What are you? I can't even tell you how many times I had to answer that question in my life. And not once did Von Thompson Jr. seem like a good enough answer. Man, sometimes it didn't even seem like human would suffice. So now I just say, I am third culture. But what is third culture? Well, how about we start with this? One plus two equals three. And this plus that equals me. How about I got some of my mom and a lot of my dad? Half of me is Korean while the other side's from Germany. See, it's a simplified way to convey cultural complexity. I'm more than a skin color or a racial ethnicity. I'm a sojourner in life with a spiritual heredity. I'm a spirit and I'm a soul with an otherworldly destiny. It's my past plus my present mixed in with society. And it's not just who I've been, it's what I will be. So what is third culture? <laughs> it's me. Diversity personified, complexity simplified, simplicity mystified. I don't look like you and I don't talk like you. I'm a misfit. So I take some of this culture and a little of that culture and I put it together and now I'm a mixed fit. Trying to figure out who I am and where I belong, then I discover I'm a his fit. You see, it's the struggle and it's the fight. And now it's the only thing I can get down with. The thought of choosing what group I had to belong to had me thinking I couldn't take it, but then I realized something that set me free. My culture is what I make it. Life keeps giving me a bunch of boxes and none of them seem to fit. So if this playlist of traditional categories are the songs, well then I guess that makes me the remix. See, all of the above is a good place to start, but since you mentioned the beginning, take a listen to my heart. I'm that little kid, bowl cut, Asian eyes, eating cheeseburgers, but with kimchi on the side. Fried chicken with egg rolls and french fries with chopsticks, but I'm American as baseball after I watch my Bruce Lee flicks. I take my shoes off at the door and then I bow to my mom's friends. But then I put on my John Deere hat and I help my daddy with his deer skins. I got the 50s on the vinyl, I got the 60s on the AMs, I got the 70s on my 8-track and I got the 80s in my walk. I'm singing every word with the Temptations and I'm slapping my legs to that bluegrass station. I'm even moonwalking with Michael Jackson. But then I slip that Run DMC tape in. See, I'm that Korean kid out in the country trying to fit in at the white school. But I'm also that white kid at the Korean church struggling with my hangul. Or should I just say, hi, my name is Vaughn. Hang my head in shame and keep walking by. Kids at school would be like, where are you from? I'd say, just right over yonder. No, where are you really from? Oh, you're talking about my mother. She's from Korea. Oh, does she know Jackie Chan? Bro, he's Chinese. You're way off, man. Yo, I'm culturally conflicted, a paradoxical entity. A true case of East meets West hip-hop Korean hillbilly. See, I'm not black and I'm only half Asian. I'm not Hispanic and I'm just a little Caucasian. And do I really have a motherland if I still consider my daddy's clan? Because if I had to travel all the way to Seoul just to find a piece of my soul, that answers some of the questions, but I have no clue what to do with the rest of me, though. So if I can't fully identify with any minority, when and where will I ever be a majority? So again, what are you? As if human is not sufficient? But since you asked the question, I'll see if I can explain it a bit. Other. See, we them misfits, them third culture kids, those cultural chameleons that survive and blend in. The kind of kids that you can't box in, even though they check in the box labeled other on all those government documents. The ones that never feel at home, no matter what side of the border they homesit. Third culture kids live like artists. The cultures are the colors and the life is the canvas. No flag is their home and they usually speak more than one language. Their lifestyle, nomadic. Passports, never static. Monocultural, you can have it. So you can't go home, man, when you a global nomad. Cause home's where the heart's at, not just where you hang your coat and your hat. That's 
It's not just a matter of fact. It's somewhere between white and black. It's not quite this, and it's certainly not that. It's a mixture of them all. It's a liquid habitat. See, I read of a man who was acquainted with this grief. He didn't come from a place of betrayal and physical suffering. His daddy's home was a place of perfection, eternal abundance, lacking nothing. Absolutely beautiful, constantly truthful, forever youthful, and where inclusive is the usual, and where love is crucial and resistance to it is futile. You see, Jesus Christ, well, that's the ultimate third culture kid, destroying all barriers that would separate us from each other and from him. So now there's no more Jews, no more Greeks, and no more Gentiles. We no longer strangers and foreigners. We belong here now. See, you can't define me. You can't tell me what I am. That's not up to you. That's up to him. I am who he says I am, and I will see what he promised to me. I am his design, and he is my destiny. I was made third culture. I wasn't made from just one thing. I'm a collaboration of colors. That's what makes me look like him. I used to be ashamed of it. I used my identity as a crutch, an excuse to not stand out, and conveniently blame it on this, that, and such. But here's the twist. When you really think about it, we all third culture kids. A bunch of wondering immigrants. It's deeper than the skin and the degrees of melanin. It's more significant than the borders and the countries that we're living in. It's about a true home and a place of origin. We're all just passing through onto our new settlement. So until we get there, we make the best of it. We walk the straight and narrow from the Old to the New Testament. We speak the truth to all God's youth and tell them who to put their trust and their hope in. So what are you? I thought I told you. But since you asked again, I am their culture. Thank you, God. Amen. I invite you to stand with me, please. Just lock in with me for one moment. Uh, can we let Pastor Vaughn know how much we appreciate him sharing his story with us, man? That was awesome. Thank you, Pastor. Thank you, buddy. Thank you for your openness. Hang with me for just a couple more minutes. I just, boy. Close your eyes with me. Father, I pray that today your truth will begin to work its way through our heads, through our hearts, and through our bodies. So often, God, my life is out of alignment. But today I believe your work, helping us to understand fully, I am who God says I am. Bring it home to us. Lord, begin to heal wounds from the past, knowing today that the truth that we've been made in the image of God has healing power to it. I just speak life, freedom. Hmm. Dignity, hope. Jesus, lift up your people. Lift up your people today with the truth of who they are in Christ. In Jesus' name and for Jesus' glory, all God's people said, amen. amen. Let's give God praise, amen. <laughs> Pastor Vaughn, can we wrap up with that last part of the chorus? Because I want to go with a song in my heart today. I am who you say I am. I am chosen, not forsaken. I am who you say I am You are
Wow. I am who God says I am. One more time. I am who God says I am. Well, on your way out, if you need prayer, our team will be out at the amphitheater to pray with you and to pray for you. Pastor Vaughn will be in the back. There's a whole uh, third culture section back there, and they've got different things available. But uh, if you need somebody to talk to, maybe you're working through some stuff with your identity, Pastor Vaughn will be back there and just a great source of encouragement to you. And I just hope you know your love today, how much you're loved by God and loved by this pastoral staff. I'm so excited about this year. It's going to be an amazing year. And I just want to wish all the Niner fans enjoy your game today. Because I'll be doing what the Raiders are doing. We'll all be watching. Amen. All right. Sure love you. Let me speak God's blessing over as you go. May the Lord bless you, keep you. May his face shine brightly upon you. May the Lord be gracious to you and give you his peace. And every day when you wake up, may you remember you've been made in the image of God. And I pray this in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. All God's people said, Amen. God bless you. Go Cathedral. Have an awesome, awesome week.